0: Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today.
1: We're continuing our journey. We're tracking right along in First John. It is very toward the end of the Bible. You'll get there faster if you go to the end of the Bible and then you go a few chapters from there. First John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9 is our text. We want you to keep your Bibles open because you know I give a lot of insights and... Um, a lot of scriptures, a lot of spiritual principles to guide our lives by in everyday living. First John 3, 1 through 9 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness, and you know that he was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin Whoever sinned has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. And from this particular passage of Scripture, we want to preach this morning a continuation of last week, the astonishing love of God. The astonishing love of God. The love of God the Father for lost humanity is indeed an astonishing love that goes beyond human explanation. You cannot explain the astonishing love of God, neither can you comprehend it. It is an immeasurable love that cannot be grasped. This astonishing love cannot be measured. God loves us with an unconditional love. He loves us with an unfailing love. The Lord loves us with a sacrificial love, and we become spiritually negligent when we have been recipients of God's love so long that we take it for granted. Uh, You've been loved by God so long that you abuse his love or fail to appreciate our Lord and thank him for it. God chose to love us. That's profound in and of itself. God chose to love us. The scripture says in 1 John 4 19, we love him because he first loved us. And out of his infinite incomprehensible love, God provided us with his marvelous creation. Out of his infinite incomprehensible love, he has blessed us with divine provisions, divine protection. He has gifted us with the greatest gift of all in salvation for mankind. He has provided us out of his love, the word of God. Out of his love, he has granted us amazing grace and undeserved mercy. When people reject God, they are rejecting his love. When people reject God, they are rejecting his provision of salvation. When people reject God, they are rejecting his supernatural unlimited power. When people reject God, they are rejecting his deliverance to help them in time of trials, in time of sufferings, in time of sorrow, grief, hurt, and pain. You don't want to reject God because if you reject him, then who can deliver you? Who can help you? Who can keep you? When people reject God and his love, they are all alone and do not have the presence of God in their lives. They no longer have the peace of God in their lives, the power of God in their lives. How terrible it is when people die without receiving God's love through the Lord Jesus Christ, which brings upon them eternal judgment from Almighty God. Beloved, how much do you love Christ? In this particular passage, John, the old-aged beloved apostle John gives us the provisions of God's love and instructs believers on how we must respond to the marvelous, matchless love of Almighty God. Allow me to transition now. What did the love of God provide for His children? What did the love of God provide for His children? 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Underline that, children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. It is an honor and a privilege to be called children of God, and we must not take that title lightly. Be mindful. Like I said last week, God has no grandchildren. All believers are children of God As his children, we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Every child of God will receive by divine grace the full inheritance of Christ because of being in Christ who created and owned all things. Romans 8, 17 says, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Only those who by faith have received Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life have the right to become children of God. Are you a child of God? Do you know that you know without a doubt that you are in Christ No one is a child of God because of his own merit or work of his own. Because the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Ah, that's how you become a child of God. You must believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved except the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. You must believe on the Lord. Acts 16, 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. There is no greater privilege than to be called children of God. But what makes the love of God so astonishingly amazing is that It was while we were rebelling against God, while we were opposing God and estranged from him, while we were sinners and enemies of God that he lavished and poured his love upon we undeserving sinners. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As God's children, we enjoy all the rights and privileges of the kingdom of God, and because we are in Christ, you know, you're either in Christ or you're out. You either know him or you don't. you either saint or you ain't. Are you the child of, the, of God or you're a child of the devil? The real question is, whose child are you? You see, and because we are in Christ, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Who is him? Christ. This hostile, unbelieving world does not recognize us because they are spiritually blind. They are spiritually blind and do not know Christ. When the world rejects us, it confirms our relationship with God the Father. Perhaps you are not experiencing any persecution because you are uh, identified by the labels of this world system than by being called a child of God. Don't take comfort in the titles or labels of this world. You ought to rejoice that your name is written in heaven because you are a child of the Most High King. Why don't you say amen? As children of God, we must live up to who we are in Christ as well as Christ's expectations of us We must speak and behave as children of God. Allow me to transition. Here are some insights, fresh insights for your consideration and personal growth to the glory of God. What gives evidence of a believer's love for God? How many of you love God in here? Let me just see your hands if you say you love God. Okay. Okay. Now what what evidence do you have to validate that you love God? Now, all your hands went up saying, I love God, I love God. So now I want to ask you some questions. Where is the evidence? What gives evidence of a believer's love for God? Since you say you love him, then let's look at the evidence that should be, that should be attached to the raising of your hand substantiating the fact that you love God. Number 1. What gives evidence of a believer's love for God is that he or she acknowledges and seeks God first in everything. What gives evidence of a believer's love for God is that he or she acknowledges and seeks God first in everything. Proverbs 3:5-6 says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not your own understanding in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Beloved, do not expect to live a successful Christian life from God's perspective without seeking the mind of Christ and allowing absolutely nothing to become a substitute for it. You must not allow the words of celebrities, politicians, friends, relatives, and technology to usurp the voice of God in your life. No one should overrule the voice of God in your life. Saints, we will never get so mature in Christ that there is no need for us to depend on him. You don't ever get that mature. I'm, I know Christ. I've been walking with him a long time. Listen, the more you walk with Christ... The more he reveals to you how far you fall short. Uh, You don't ever get so mature in your relationship with Christ that you need not depend on him anymore. You need to acknowledge him and seek Christ first. Divine guidance through the word of God and the spirit of God gives evidence of the believer's love for God. I reiterate, divine guidance Through the word of God and the spirit of God gives evidence of the believer's love for God. That's how you know you love God. What gives evidence? Secondly, what gives evidence of a believer's love for God? When believers abstain from and possess a hatred of sin, it gives evidence of their love for God. When believers abstain from and possess a hatred of sin, it gives evidence of their love for God. 1 John 3, 4 says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. The ungodly commits sin and breaks the law of God without any remorse. Those who are not a child of God, they sin against God without regret or repentance. He or she does so because he or she is spiritually blind and estranged from God. Not only does he live lawlessly, but he even takes pleasure in his sin. If you take pleasure in your sin, then you're not a child of God. Why do people sin? They sin because they love it. They love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. They sin because they love it. If they didn't love it, they wouldn't sin. It's, it's, that's why. And oh, I have a passage for you. As um, Paul pins the letter to the church at Rome, Romans chapter one, verses 28 through 32. Look at these sinners who love the pleasures of sin. It's a sobering text. Romans 1, 28 through 32. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, in other words, I don't want God in my mind. I don't want God in my knowledge. God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, filled with wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They're whispers, backbiters, haters of God. They'll shake their fists in the face of God. They're violent, they're proud boasters. They are, look here, they are inventors of evil things. Every time you think you saw all the evil, they come up with a new kind of evil. They love evil, they're disobedient to parents, Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, look at this, but have pleasure, underline this, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Go ahead, do it. It's all right in this fun having fun in their sin to their own spiritual and physical demise You know you have been overtaken by Satan. You know you have been overtaken by sin. You know you've been overtaken by pride. You know you've been overtaken by lust when you can indulge and take pleasure in your sins which results in God turning you over to your own spiritual destruction. When a believer truly loves God, The Holy Spirit will convict him when he or she sins, which results in him repenting and living righteously from that point forward. If you're not convicted by your sins, listen, if you're not convicted by your sins, then that is a sure sign you do not know God. If you can sin and go eat pork chops and laugh about it, you do not know God. You say, how do you know that? Where is that in the scripture? I'm so glad you asked. Right in the text, 1 John 3, 6b says, whoever sinned has neither seen him nor known him. Beloved, the surest way to keep from living a life of sin is to practice living righteously in our thoughts. The way to keep from living a life of sin is to practice living righteously in our deeds, to practice living righteously in our words. First John three, seven says, little children, that's us. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Practice righteousness, live righteously to the glory of God thirdly an inner desire to hear God speak to you through his word an inner desire to hear God speak to you through the word of God gives evidence of a believer's love for God an inner desire to hear God speak to you through the word of God gives evidence of a believer's love for God first Thessalonians 2:13 says And we also thank God continually. Do you continually thank God? Because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, it's God's word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. When you love God, the word of God is activated in you. It is not dormant. It, it, it's active in you. It's working in you. It brings conviction. It, it, it cleanses. It stirs you up. Uh, it rebukes. It does all kinds of things in your life. When God speaks, his children are encouraged. When God's word speaks, his children are refreshed. When God's words speak, His children receive divine revelation and direction. When God's word speaks, therein lies your hope. When God's word speaks, you become emboldened and you become courageous for God. When God speaks, you are strengthened. When God speaks, you are comforted. And when God speaks, He brings about healing like nothing else can. As a matter of fact, my friend, the word of God is therapeutic. It's spiritually medicinal. You can come in here and God will heal your negative mindset. You you all hyper and stressed, the word of God will calm you down. I tell you, when you come in here a hot mess, the word of God will lower your blood pressure. It, it does it all. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Nobody can do you like the Lord. Number four, people recognizing that you have been with Christ gives evidence that you love him. People recognizing that you have been with Christ gives evidence that you love him. Acts 4.13c says, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Jesus. Can folks look at you and tell you've been with Jesus even without a Christian t shirt on? I think we ought to wear some, these folks wearing some crazy t shirts. I think you ought to have some Christian t shirts. They look at mine when I'm shopping and they they say, Maranatha. And some people say, What does that mean? And And I can gladly tell them and quote the scriptures and tell them the origin of the word and all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's healthy because these people are wearing demonic T-shirts. I think you ought to be able to wear some Christian T-shirts. Matter of fact, are you ashamed to wear your Christian uh, attire? Okay, but even if even without a T-shirt and without a bumper sticker saying "Honk if you love Jesus," some of y'all need to. The way you drive, you need to take that "Honk if you love Jesus" off (laughs) because you some of you driving like the devil. When you really love God, it will not take folks 50 years to find out you're a child of God. When you have been arrested by Christ, people will not be able to miss the evidence of God all over the, your life. They get, I can just go, I go into places and I been people. They say, you are Christian. And some of you can go, they get more specific. I can look at you and tell you, a pre- not only you're, you're a Christian, you're a preacher. I say, how do you know? I, I see it all over you. I don't know the person there. They come to restaurants everywhere. And I, I I look at myself and they, what's on me? Well, I have the Rome of Christ. When last time somebody identified you as a Christian because of how you act, because of your gracious attitude, because of your holy disposition, because of the way you carry yourself, because of your countenance, and they can spot you out a mile away and say, you a Christian. How wonderful it is when people can recognize that you have been with Jesus. They see Christ in your speech. They see Christ in your conduct. They see Christ in your character. They see Christ in your attitude. They see Christ in your countenance, and they see Christ in your lifestyle. Wow. Number five, what gives evidence of a believer's love for God is that he never tires of talking about Christ and just how good he is to him. What gives evidence of a believer's love for Christ is that he never tires of talking about Christ and just how good he is to him. Psalms 107, 1 through 2a says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Oh, that's sh- that's shouting word right there. Oh, 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 give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Believers should be thankful for God's love and his undeserved blessings such as grace. We ought to be thankful for God's divine protection. We ought to be thankful for his deliverance. We ought to be thankful for God's divine patience. The truth be told, God should have wiped all of us out a long time ago. We ought to be thankful to God for answered prayers. We ought to be thankful to God for wisdom. We ought to be thankful to God for the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. We ought to be thankful to God for the Holy Bible. We ought to be thankful to God that we can come into the house of God with the people of God in worship. We ought to be thankful to God for our children and our family and our grandchildren. We ought to thank God for Jesus. We ought to thank God for Jesus who was our blessed hope and our sure, solid foundation upon which we can stand. My friend, you should not talk more about the virus. You should not talk more about COVID variants. You should not talk more about politicians and the crisis at the border and crime and the weather and China and professional athletes than talking about God. Some of you know sports stats, but you don't know the books of the Bible. You even, some folk don't even know that Genesis is the first book and Revelation is the last book. Listen, instead we ought to lift up the name of Jesus and tell of his goodness, let the redeem of the Lord, what? Oh, I didn't hear you. Let the redeem of the Lord, what? Oh, I think you can do better than that. You gotta wake up now. Let the redeem of the Lord, what?
0: Are you saying so? The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's Word, for His Word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge Him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.